today for a short period of time, and of course you know that that's relative. <laughs> short. <laughs> I would like to highlight the cross and the resurrection as we are approaching this season of direct attention to that Easter season. And I've entitled it, or titled it, The Royal Revolution. A revolution of tenderness. We will highlight today, and then the next few Sundays we will look at some details and specifics that I think will add dimension to the general overview of the cross. The cross is a revolution. And revolution means a transformation. And in this case, it's a transformation that begins within. And then it spreads outward to every aspect of of our life. It is a forceful overthrow in favor of a new system, a nonviolent revolution that is a new creation and so the cross is key to that revolution of tenderness but it is not only a revolution of tenderness when it comes to the powers of darkness it is the battering ramp that destroys the gates of hell the cross and the resurrection are not two independent events they're forever connected Yes, they happened at different intervals, but one cannot happen without the other. It it is the unified treasure, very distinct but connected. You see, Jesus' entrance into the tomb is as equally important as his exit from the tomb. It's the central hub from which all the spokes of the wheels are empowered. 
It's the centerpiece of Christian faith and the kingdom. And the resurrection is the victory parade of the cross. The cross is the instrument, but Jesus is the sacrifice. It's not merely the cross or a cross. It is who is on the cross. For there were three people that were crucified that day on crosses. But only one has power. The cross of Jesus Christ. This is not new to you if you're a believer but a fresh reminder that true freedom is only found in Jesus Christ. Yes. I want to ask the question. You need not answer it publicly for me today. But has the church lost touch with the cross? The modern day microwave theology, which has no commitment, no repentance, forsakes no idols, and doesn't turn from sin. It serves no master and lacks power to change. Sometimes in our innocence, we try to make the cross acceptable. But it's the cross that makes us acceptable. The cross. We have been made accepted in the beloved because of the cross of Jesus Christ. It's the bridge to new life. It's the key to e eternal life. It provides forgiveness, but also it provides an avenue of which we may go to heaven. The cross's message is so relevant and so eternal that when you open the book of Revelations, you discover... That the theme of heaven has to do with the cross. I saw, as it were, a lamb who had been slain from the foundation of the world in the heavenly choir and course, and the angelic beings 
all joined together in harmonious singing, worthy, worthy, worthy is the Lamb. The cross. By the cross, Jesus destroyed the root of sin. Colossians 2, having nailed to the cross the indictment against us. What he's referring to there that was customary that if you happen to, you know, your punishment was the cross, they would have alongside of it a list of your crimes. What you did, why you're guilty. And this is the reason that you're dying. And when the scripture says that Jesus, you know, nailed it to the cross, he's saying, all of those indictments against you have been paid for, have been taken care of. You don't have to live in the shadow. Of your yesterdays, which you can live in the light of God's tomorrows. Yes. Christ was sacrificed once to take away the sin of many people, referring to that if you will believe in the cross, the work of Jesus Christ, his sacrifice becomes your atonement. His death becomes your death. And then moving on, his life becomes your life. In the cross. The cross was such a paramount in the Apostle Paul's life that he made this statement that God forbids that I should glory save in the cross. As he is addressing the situation with fellow believers who were looking for bragging rights. Yes, they wanted to make a claim to people. They wanted their conversion in their column. There's only one column. Amen. And that's the column of the Jesus on the cross. Oh, yes. The cross became an inspiration He said, I am determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. What's he saying? You can't put my name 
in headlines. The only flashy neon headlines is Jesus Christ and the cross. Yes, to those that don't understand the cross, it sounds foolish. But to those who understand the cross, it's the power or the ultimate display, both of the wisdom of God and the power of God. And it became a continual inspiration to those early believers and should be to us. The cross is both a a means of death and life. It's through the cross that we find fellowship, that joint participation, that I might know him, and the power of his resurrection, to know him, and the power of his resurrection comes through an avenue. And I might know him, the fellowship of his suffering, the cross, being made conformable unto his death or likewise. Yes, the cross unlocks heaven's treasure to earth's domain. It does. To the power of the cross, we're transformed so that the life of Christ can be manifested in our bodies. 2 Corinthians chapter, chapter 4. In the cross, the bad news of sin is turned into the good news of salvation. The cross removes all the obstacles and opens up the way to salvation and heaven. They're all moved. He has broken down all. Yes. It's at the cross that the wounds of sin are healed. Guilt and anxiety, depression and anger. 1 Peter 2.24 says that who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree, that we having died to sins might live for righteousness and by whose stripes we are healed. Oh, yes. Yes, there was a time in our lives when we were astray, but now we have returned to the shepherd and overseer of our souls. God, when you receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he becomes the overseer 
of your soul. The arena in the area that mankind is finding its most destructive forces. The cross. The cross. So many things about the cross. At the cross, we see God's sovereignty. At the cross, we see God's purpose. There he makes known the mystery of his will that he prepared before time. God planned for those areas and times in failure of mankind. He planned for it. Yes, there we see the judgment of God, the holiness of God. We see the wrath of God. We see God's sorrow. We see God's compassion at the cross. At the cross, we see God's gift. We see God's mercy. We see God's love. And we see God's rescue operation. At the cross, we see God's proposal. A proposal where he pledges himself to his bride forever. Yes. And each one of those, you know, reveals a element of relationship that is available to us. Yes, victory and glory. Let me just submit to you this morning the importance of a cross life. See, the blood can wash away my sins, but the cross deals with my sin nature or disposition. That's why he talks about us being crucified. That's why he talks about us identifying with that cross so that that disposition of sin you can have victory over. Paul said, I noticed that when I wanted to do good, there was a conflict. And he found out that the conflict could only be won by the cross. The cross in his own life that deals with that sin producing factor 
I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God, or my confidence in it, who loved me and gave himself for me. The cross is what translates us from the first Adam to the second Adam. For in Adam all die, but in Christ all shall live. Yeah. Think about it. While the blood puts away my sin, the cross puts away my self. It's about dying to your self-life and living to the God-life. I read about have we gotten away from the truth of the cross? We accept the forgiveness of it, but have we accepted the cross of it? You remember the story of the prodigal son? He came to his father and said, I want my inheritance. The mercy and the grace of the father, he gives him inheritance and he leaves and eventually finds himself greatly indebted, empty and lost. And one of the morals of that passage in story is that the prodigal wanted to receive death benefits without death. And when we receive death benefits without the cross, without us dying, we take the benefits and we spend it on ourselves. Yes, we squander it and we use it merely for self. And God says, listen, I'll take care of yourself if you will just put the kingdom first. Amen? Hallelujah. Are you hearing that? Get that message there. We are only capable of death benefits in our lives when we die. Or if we've died. Yes. I asked my Musicians to come this morning. There's just so many things about the cross, but you know, Jesus said, If any man will f- come after me, 
Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Cross has everything to do with death of self. And when we are willing to walk the cross life and follow Jesus, there will be times when you are walking the cross life that there is going to be people will ask you to come down off your cross life. As Jesus hung on the cross, they said, why don't you come down? Come down off your cross life. No. I want to encourage you today. Don't come down. Don't come down off the cross life. Yes. I know the preaching of the cross is foolishness if we don't believe. But it's the power. It's not just the power to get us from time to eternity. It's the power to live in between time or during time, excuse me. The cross. What are you talking about, Pastor, when you talk about the cross life? cross life is instead of self-fulfillment we seek self-denial instead of self-sufficiency we seek his sufficiency instead of fame and fortune we seek his fame and his glory instead of pride we seek humility Instead of seeking our rights, we become servants. Instead of feeling entire, entitled, we know that we've received grace. The grace of someone in our stead. The cross.
Yes. As you stand with me this morning, major struggle is not for the forgiveness of our sins. It's for reducing the dominion of sin that it has upon our lives. It is. The cross covers it all covers it all. When you believe in Jesus, you must believe in the cross. When you follow Jesus, it is to your benefit If you walk the cross life, yes, the cross life is about humbling oneself. He who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to, to be equal with God, but humbled himself and became obedient to the cross. And God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every other name. Totally different from the world system that the way up is down. <laughs> That giving is not a loss. Now, in closing, and I'm doing really good today. It's only three minutes after 11, but I'm not done, am I? <laughs> no, I am. Um, this cross life, how is important is it? Well, Paul wrote about it in this. He said, there are those whose lifestyle does not complement the cross life. And he said that they were enemies of the cross. Enemies of the cross. They are doing injustice to the cross. They're marring the reputation and the power of the cross. Really, yes. He said they're enemies of the cross. Let us not be enemies of the cross. No. Let us be epistles of the cross. 
Hallelujah. Give the Lord a praise this morning. Amen. 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 Yes. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, as we leave this house this morning and as we enter this season, God, when our attention is drawn once again to the greatest events in the history of our world, God, and let it not just be, Father, a ritual, but let it be, God, that revolution that the cross came to do to revolutionize our heart and our life. Oh God, let our birth be tied to the cross of Jesus Christ. And all the people said, amen, amen. God bless you, God go with you. Have a great weekend.